Aloha. Welcome back to season two of the Aravinda show focused on conscious entrepreneurs with me, Andrew Crusoe, your host. This time, I was honored to speak with Harry Jim, healer, Lomi Lomi giver, author of Wise Secrets of Aloha, a book that I love, and much more. He's given wonderful talks on the Big Island, many of which I've had the opportunity to attend. And since I've restarted this podcast, he's been on my short list of people that I want to talk to. I'll preface this interview by saying that Harry mentions a place called Pu'uhonua, also known as the Place of Refuge, several times. And I just want to be clear that that is a physical place as well as a symbol. There are stunning ruins of Pu'uhonua on the western coast of the Big Island. These perfectly straight walls made of black volcanic rock. It's a very sacred place. So when he mentions Pu'uhonua, that's what he's talking about. So without further ado, meet Harry Jim and enjoy. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, Harry, for agreeing to do an interview today. And you're welcome. You're really welcome. I'm, I'm sharing the same enthusiasm. I mean it. It's pretty early there, isn't it? Seven. And I'm here in Hawaii. I'm in a place called Pu'ukapu, which is in the town of Waimea. Hmm. And I'm in a channel on the, uh, I would like to say, northern face of Mauna Kea on its plains. So I get to see the sun rise and fall in the same day. So it's a really a magical place to be. That's amazing. That's also yeah. um, kind of kind of hard to to see the sunrise and fall into the horizon on Hawaii because you have yeah. that mountain and the, you have two mountains, right? In the middle. You have to be living on Mauna Kea, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which which is an amazing amazing place. Yeah, I used to live in Puna, and I'm I'm moving to Mauna Kea because uh, my son had a kid, and so they need the house. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that you lived near Pahoa. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. So I usually start by asking my guests what brought them to Hawaii. But you were born in Hawaii. I was born on the island of Kauai. I mean, the, the state. The state of Hawaii, definitely. And presently, the nation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So maybe I will ask you what brought you to the big island of Hawaii. Specifically. Oh, economics. Definitely. I was a father of four at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was 32. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris Hemeter, who um, developed the Kauai Surf Project, entered uh, uh, what was a 300-room hotel into a 2,700-room hotel. Wow. This happened in 1987. When he did that, the rent for the entire island, my rent was $325. It went to $700 in competition wow. with employees from that hotel. So having saved as much as 30000 uh, it would be a guaranteed loss because the prices of the land on Kauai were uh, unacceptable. Hmm. So on a trip and vacation to the Big Island, we uh, found the prices very reasonable mm-hmm. and very possible. Mm-hmm. But what really brought us to the Big Island, because I know that's your question, is that we had a privilege to go to the Prince Kohio Mall on our vacation. And we sat and we watched the the families and there were families with four or five kids there like everywhere when you Hmm. go to the mall on the island of Kauai, you get two or three kids 
one kid. So we really figured out by common sense and grassroots that this is where the soccer games are going to be fun for the kids. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was a wonderful, wonderful Wild West to grow our kids in. I'm always grateful for that. Mm. It's definitely, I've actually called it the Wild West in another interview, how it kind of yeah. feels, yeah, it, it kind of feels like um, the last Wild West in some ways. In some ways. Yeah. Well, I think I have sensed that we have a lot of different things to touch on and talk about. So I want to talk about what's one of the most fascinating things to me is, you know, your business and the service that you provide and uh-huh. the lives that you touch and change. Uh, well, first of all, you know, all of that is me, but that's to the service of our church. We are actually a Melchizedek priesthood. That's where our title of Kahuna comes from. And we are in the lineage of Noah, which is uh, better known as city of refuge. Hmm. So, I thank you for the celebrity ship, but I do honor it to the circle right. of light that comes from Ohonua, mm-hmm. which is known as the city of refuge on the island of Kauai. Mm-hmm. No, excuse me. We have one on Kauai, but we're talking about the one in Kona. Well, I say that just to help people kind of tune into this, that you're absolutely right, of course, and people can get this from your book as well, that it's coming through you, not from you. And you come, oh, you come back to that so many times and, and, and you, you articulate it very well. There's this great phrase you have in your book, you, the confidence of non-exhaustion. Am I quoting that yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> that really sticks in my head though, Harry, because to me that means that you're, you know you're, it's not coming from you, so you can't get exhausted. Let's talk about that. You know, the confidence of non-exhaustion mm-hmm. is really about the practice of Ho'oponopono. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the practice isn't a spiritual rhyme. That's a beginning. Mm-hmm. But the true practice is cleaning. Cleaning your mind, cleaning your body, cleaning your environment. Mm-hmm. What's pono is direct contact with your awareness. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should define some some terms for people who sure. may not be familiar with <laughs> the uh, actually just breathtakingly gorgeous Hawaiian language. Do you want to define Ho'oponopono for us? I'm sure you could define it better than I could. <laughs> you know, that's a very uh, um, that's a very challenging opportunity because mm-hmm. when I define Ho'oponopono, I really try to respect the group and culture that I'm in. Mm-hmm. We're speaking on public market now, so I want to say the word kalamai before I define it. And kalamai, okay. K-A-L-A-M-A-I, mm-hmm. means pardon me, I'm going towards the sun. Oh, hmm. So does that mean that you're, pardon me for talking about this kind of feeling? No, it means that if I offend you in any way by the information we give you, uh, it wasn't by the intention hmm. of offending you. Hmm. It was by the, in, you know what I mean? The confidence of getting to what is light, what it feeds us, what supports us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I say Kalamai, I mean, you know, if you don't really get the belief system that functions here, Mm-hmm. then pardon it. Don't forgive it or challenge it. Mm-hmm. Simply pardon it mm-hmm. so that you can get to the meat of the subject. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that said, let's go directly to what Ho'oponopono means for people. Sure. And what it means is you're able to use your own energy to solve problems in your life without depending on other people's energy. Ooh, I haven't heard that definition before. It's there. 
Yeah. No, no, it, it's an, it makes total sense to me, but it's a different way of looking at it. I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's it's the way we look at it from Pu'uhonua, mm -hmm. the city of refuge. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's the place of refuge. So where does the, the there's a practice of Ho'oponopono? There's several, and I want to explain why there's so many. Oh. Ho'oponopono has separate definitions according to the geography of the valley they come from. Our oh. Kauai Ho'oponopono is very different from the Molokai'i, very different from the Oahu. And, you know, here on the Big Island, it's very different from one side of the island to the other. And that's by the respect of the land. You know, mm -hmm. we here know that the land is chief. Mm -hmm. We are its servants. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's real big, you know. It's really where big. Where you put the land first. So when you do that, what's happened is you categorize where you are to define what Ho'oponopono works from the lineage that they come from. Mm. So it's sort of place-specific based on what yeah, works you know, in the place. This practice is actually a, a mainstay of the Mormon Church and the Catholic Church. The idea that when you have a mass collective of consciousness— the best local interpretation is respected right, so that even right. though there's a main church in, in Italy, the one in Kapaa will respect, the one in this island will respect the local traditions. Hmm. You know, I was also born and raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school. Right. And I was really blessed because on the island of Kauai, there was in our church Hawaiian music playing Latin chant wow and how did that happen it's because the church recognized that the local people have something to offer the great consciousness mm -hmm. so it gets a little confusing you know when someone from kapa church goes to mm -hmm. california and say how come we don't have hawaiian music here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we tell them location 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 <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right so when you talk to me about Ho'oponopono and what it generally means, I can only answer in general terms. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about specific techniques, mm -hmm. then I can explain to you very clearly. The first one is breathing. Mm -hmm. So Ho'oponopono means in the most universal way that you take authority of your breath to clean your body. I want you to understand that this is premised by the scientific truth that 80% of the waste of your body comes out of your mouth and nose. Huh. If you've ever met someone who has been overweight mm -hmm. and asked them, how did they lose the weight? The fact is, the scientists will tell you that the weight left with your breath. Hmm. From exhaling the carbon dioxide and the extra. Carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, all the things yeah. your skin exhales, your lung exhales. 80% mm -hmm. of the waste do not leave at the bottom. Wow. That's amazing. I had never thought yes, that. Yes, it's always true. <laughs> this is what Puo Noah has to offer our people. Mm -hmm. Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot about breath the first time I lived on the Big Island. Tell me about that. Oh, well... <laughs> He's trying to turn the interview around on me, folks. <laughs> I want to know that truth. Yeah, I learned, well, one of the, the first thing that comes to mind is I went to a 10-day silent meditation retreat. Oh, that's the one in Puna. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. And I learned Anapana 
and I learned Vipassana meditation. And the first one, you're constantly bringing your focus back to your breath. Yeah, that's what we call clearing. You're having thoughts come up. Yeah. And then you're, you're yeah. going, nope, I'm going back to my breath, going back to my right. breath. And, right. and it's amazing the kinds of things. And I write about it in my, in my book, too. It's kind of come mm. out. It's amazing the kinds of things that come up from the past that you haven't looked at. Well, I want to I want interject, to interject for please, a second. Please, please. What you do release are memory molecules from your body, mm -hmm. and that's actually tattered into a code on the skin of the bone. Now, that's what that church teaches you, and it's not a church of organization. Right. It's a church of principles mm -hmm. that have been existing in that place for ten thousand years. Mm -hmm. So. We're not talking about something you and I don't know. We're simply articulating mm -hmm. what we know of it. Mm -hmm. Process of remembering, right? Yeah. Mm. So tell me, tell me, please, when you took that experience of really focusing on returning your mind to your breath, it took mm -hmm. about two or three days? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Same in Hawaiian science, you know. It takes two or three days. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm telling you. Makes sense. <laughs> I have to work at, with people in breath for two to three days to create that same experience. It's, you know, can we say it now that Ho'oponopono is about recognizing what page you're on? Because nobody's on the same page, but we're all reading the same book. Mm -hmm. Okay, now we're in Ho'oponopono. We can tell that <laughs> yeah. because the vibration of communication is achieved awareness. Hmm. So would that be another way of saying it's like more in sync? No. In Hawaii, what it means is that breath that you breathe is the same breath that I breathe. And we've engaged that truth. Hmm. Doesn't mean namaste. That's a different thing. <laughs> it, yeah, no. I wasn't thinking <laughs> I wasn't thinking that, but uh, yeah, it's a very powerful uh experience. And I also think that in a way the the body work that is taught on big island and this incredible uh lomi lomi massage i know there's different kinds of lomi lomi yeah but it also seems i mean you talk about prayer in your book yeah that, that is a state of constant prayer yeah lomi lomi is the state of constant prayer i've been learning from at least 11 different masters and i'm going to tell you 10 out of 11 do it that way huh there's one that one that's going to be different. Oh, of course. <laughs> if not, we don't have no rogue action. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. I just, I, I, I just that resonates with me so much that you're, you're so grounded in the present moment, and you're, you're praying and working on this person. Is, is it true that when someone first comes to you, you don't even, you don't even probably touch them for like the first session? A lot of times, is it like mostly breathing, or what is that like? When the, when the person comes to me first, I never make the opportunity to make an assessment until I've created the space. Right. And that's a really critical piece of the book that I wrote. That if you are healing, please define your healing capacity not as someone who can fix something, but first someone who can create the space so that someone can fix themselves. Mm. Because... The immortality of your work is in not correcting the initial trauma, but eliminating the cause of the trauma. Hmm. And is that possible? Well, it's been done at Pu'o'ono for the last 10,000 years. Hmm. 
we just didn't forget. That's all. We got to remember. You know, I want to really tell you how important it is to see the parallels in culture when it mm -hmm. comes to the common experience of healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, when I was in Buffalo and was writing that book, mm -hmm. one of the most powerful experiences I had was working with the Jesuit priest at Damien University. Mm. And my role there was to participate in a breathwork process that we had in common. We call it Lomiha. They have another name for it. But it was a common practice in secret with all of the people who use breath to clear their body. Mm. It is also a Christian practice. Of course, the rules and intention are different. Mm -hmm. But this breathwork should not be identified as some idealistic franchise that somebody created. Cultures have brought this out mm -hmm. and use it without marketing plans, okay? <laughs> That's nice. That's, that's nice to think of in, 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 a, in an age that we're surrounded by so much marketing. <laughs> we, we are. So you're saying that perhaps this healing breath is something that is sort of woven into our DNA as a species because it shows up in every belief system. Yeah. And can we agree right now that no one's died from too much breath? <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I agree. That's it's it's a respiration is very important. <laughs> yeah. And can we begin to recognize if we breathe full, we'd have less exhaustion. Mm hmm. Oh. <laughs> I wish everybody oh. could see your expression right now. <laughs> yeah. Let's move past. You know, the I have to hold in the tension and get mm -hmm. to the side. <sighs> and that feels good. Yeah. Because it doesn't only release molecular waste, it releases emotional tension. Which is stored in all these muscles and it's affecting all these muscles. It's stored wherever it's not cleaned away. Hmm. I'm reminded of a story in your book where you're working on someone and I think they didn't realize they had a blockage and you get to this part on their leg somewhere and you clear the blockage, and the guy said he felt like blood was shooting out. Mm -hmm. Because all, but there was nothing, there was no blood. But then mm -hmm. he, he felt so different and so cleared afterward because you released this blockage that he couldn't see with his eyes, but you could feel, and it was you know obvious mm -hmm. once you'd created space and then started. Yeah, I call that an inside pimple. An inside pimple? Yeah. Like when they <laughs> we have a pimple on the top of the skin, right. it'll burst open. <laughs> but when you locate it on the leg, it has a relationship with the gut. Mm. And when you push the button and mm -hmm. pop that pimple, all the emotional energy starts running out from the gut and release happens. Wow. That's Lomi. Yeah. Yeah. So you're learning all of this and you decide to come to the big island. Mm-hmm. And I know you had a you had a little bit of adventure going to law school for a while. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you you talk about this in your book a little bit, but I'd love to hear in as much as you want to share in the space in this lovely space we've created. Uh huh. How was that process for you to embracing what kind of feels like your destiny, <laughs> or yeah. or a destiny, a path that was open to you? Yeah. That's always a celebrity ship misinterpretation. I wasn't going for my destiny. I was going for my responsibility. 
Right. I had five kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to create a job in a community called Pahoa that was the Wild West. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I will tell you something. When we moved into that town, the largest employee was the post office. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody in Pahoa had to make a living by independent practice. Mm-hmm. They could have one person in the family have a regular job for healthcare, but the rest of the work has to come out of the raw living on land that had resources to offer. Mm-hmm. And so when I looked around at the resources I had and what resources I could provide to the community, mm-hmm. I was bound and determined to offer the fisherman relief from sore back, the gardener relief from sore hands, mm-hmm. and you know, the car accident, relief from the permanent trauma or releasing trauma. So that was why the field of Lomi Lomi came to my space. I knew I had to take it legal, whatever that means. I uh, decided that although I had the skills, I had to go to Auntie Margaret for three years. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go to Hawaiian Island School of Bodywork Therapy for a year. Mm-hmm. They were teaching medical massage. Mm-hmm. And while I knew many techniques, I did not know nothing about that language. Of medicine? Of what they called medical massage. Ah, oh, yeah. It was a going new idea. And I was in one of the best schools in the nation to teach you that. So I took money to go and get that scholarship. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I worked in Kona three days out of four as a massage therapist illegally because I was feeding my family. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, yes. So once I did get my license, I opened legally in Pahua Town, and everybody came because it was working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some of the fun parts I got to learn was how to prepare a woman for birth and how to correct the wound while it's corrected. Because, you know, a lot of women don't want to go to Gila to get help. Mm -hmm. Back then, going to Gila was at least an hour because the roads were bumpy. (laughs) Right. Most of them weren't paved, right? Yeah, now we'd take maybe 30 minutes to get to Hilo, even if it's complaining traffic. Two hours. You know, people in Pune back when we were there, <laughs> they'd take the whole day to be in Hilo. They get everything done and don't yep. come back for a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, when it's not paved, it, it should be a day trip. It makes much more sense. Can you help me get more specific? Like, about when did you move to Pahoa? What year? 1991. We bought a property, I think, in 1989, Mm. November, Mm. 1990, I'm sure. Something around there. And even back then, 130 wasn't entirely paved? Oh, my God, no. When we moved in that town, the cane trucks were still moving for whole town to get to their cane on the other side of the... Wow. Yeah. There was, you know, a full-on cane plantation. Mm Mm-hmm. Sugar cane. Yeah. So that was a plantation town. Before that, I want to tell you something really interesting yeah. about Pahoa Town. Go ahead. You know, it, it was actually founded by Japanese people. And it was founded by them because Pacific Railroad Company decided that they needed the tie rods from San Francisco, <laughs> right, all mm-hmm. the way to Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so what they did is they hired this Japanese collective to cut the lehua. Mm-hmm. And turn it into tie rods and send it by boat all the way to San Francisco so they could lay the train. So this has happened in 1900s. That's why the Japanese came. And when you look at Puna, you will see all of Hawaii Paradise Park. Please look at that as an old forest. And it was replaced right. because that's what it took 
to put the wood under the ramp to get that train across San Francisco to Colorado. You're kind of blowing my mind. So for that reason, Pahoa is on the map. It's the place where you could get the Ohia wood. And why did they pick Ohia wood? Well, frankly, because it's still here. It lasts at least 100 years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, California got their, their redwood, but Hawaii got the, you know, Ohia. <laughs> Ohia trees are incredible. I remember when the hurricane came, Hurricane yeah. Izell, if I remember yeah. that correctly. I was, that was right at the end of when I was, right before I left. And it came through and it wiped out, it was degraded to a tropical storm like the minute it made uh-huh. landfall. Just, just for clarity, but it was incredibly powerful, and it tore down all the albizia trees. But as you know, the ohia trees were fine; they were standing. The ohia tree is in the Big Island because it is the, the it's what they call the first thriver. Mm-hmm. It's the ohia seed that can crack the lava, so that it turns into ground. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize these. There's just no soil on a lot of parts of the island. So yes. these trees have to adapt. The only things that were able to take root when the island popped above the ocean was these species that could live without soil. It's amazing what they do. It is very amazing. It's also amazing to see the, the whole nation of, of Polynesia. I, I'll tell you why. Because, uh, you know, in, in New Zealand, there's a tree called the maku, and it's the world-famous uh, highly antibiotic honey. Ah, yeah. So you can go anywhere in the world and pay like $35 for a small jar. Uh, I need you to understand maybe that the thing called maku mm-hmm. is lehua. Same same thing. Same thing. So when you talk about lehua honey healing people in old traditional Hawaiian, mm-hmm. you need to really consider how it's evolved into an international market of truth. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Ohia is very important, and it also provided the railroad tracks for, you know, that, that project. And in the meantime, today, we have, like, at least six more thousand people living on the Big Island because that forest was ended and people's lives are being fulfilled with homes. Wow. I had no idea they used that wood to, to make the train, the railroad, going across. It'll give you a good history of the town of Pahoa because Pahoa did not only have the workers and laborers, it was a Japanese community. That's why they called it Akibono Theater, which is a traditional community. And where the bars are mm-hmm. in Pahoa Town are exactly where the Geisha studios were. No way. Yeah. Where you play billiards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the back of the Pahoa bar, mm-hmm. those were the rooms for the Geishas, for the single men who were working in the field, taking that big giant lumber and putting it on a boat. So as part of their culture, they didn't only bring their laborers. Mm-hmm. They brought their whole culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And they found <laughs> it absolutely wonderful because they stayed. Right, right. Well, it's And a- you know what else they did? They married Hawaiians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a big part of the story of Hawaii yeah. now, too, in a big way, is the incredible mixing that's happened. And the incredible combination of cultures. I mean, getting back to how you said you grew up in a church that was Catholic with Hawaiian influences, it it it's incredible. That's one of those things that 
<laughs> it kind of feels it feels so American in a way, this yeah. mixing of different cultures and, and finding out what we have in common, you know, prayer, massage, meditation. There are things that there's things that are woven into our DNA. Well, you know, a law changes everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to tell you, I had Catholic nuns and, and we have a celebration of May Day. Mm -hmm. So it would be customary for us who has a single teacher, one nun teaching us the whole year of fourth grade and honoring her with fresh plumeria lace till her head is full with them, just to tell her that we appreciate her. She was blessed and she told us, I have never experienced such joy. Hmm. I come from Ohio. <laughs> and this has been a blessed life teaching these children who bring me flower lays. Hmm. Yeah, aloha is kind of permanent here. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, they, I'm glad you said that, Harry, because I, I, I want to talk about this, what people call the spirit of aloha. Yeah. Aloha is so strong and potent yeah, on it this is. island. It's so potent. You can get a McDonald's shake in the summer called aloha. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it gets weird, but it does tell you that it makes people happy. Yeah. Okay. Well, how do you react? I'm trying to imagine what it would be like to grow up on Kauai or to grow up on the Big Island. Oh, you never grow up on Kauai. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> There's a time in your day, every day you can spend at the beach. The same thing you mm -hmm. did as a kid. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things I miss about Kauai the most. I don't care where you are. Let me just give you an experience that we had before we left in our practice. We would get all the kids out of school at the same time. I'd be at work. My wife would meet me at the beach mm -hmm. called uh, Baby Beach in Waipoli. We'd let them run around, wash mm -hmm. themselves clean, put them in the car, feed them a sandwich, get them home and go to bed. <laughs> and that's their lifestyle. So people who still live there, I'm like that too. If I still lived on Kauai, mm -hmm. I'd find three to four hours two to five times a week, just to go to the beach and do whatever I like to do. Yeah. That's my childhood. That's their childhood. Yeah. That's what I mean when I say, you never grow up on Kauai. <laughs> you have adult responsibilities. <laughs> right, right. But you don't have to live them the whole day. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one of the things that, that, that attracts me so much. And I, and I think one of the reasons why I'm moving back is I, I think one of the reasons why I was happiest on the Big Island was uh -huh. that... You you feel so part of nature. You feel so part of the the land and the in the ocean. And you realize your location. You're part of it. You're part of the whole thing. It's so easy when you're in a city to think that there's this separation. That you know mm -hmm. we are the humans and that is the planet. We are the humans. These are the these are the animals. No, we're mm -hmm. all part of the same thing. Mm -hmm. And also, it's great exercise to be at the beach. Yes. <laughs> and you can feel that. And then you want to sleep. And then you sleep well. And because you breathe a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Clean. Mm -hmm. That's the whole photo photo practice of the Hawaiian people. Go clean yourself at the beach. Not just your body, but your mind. Mm -hmm. You know, this island and Kauai and Maui and Oahu all have the same thing in common. When you go to the beach, you enter a curtain. Please hear. A curtain mm -hmm. of negative ions. Like after it rains, kind of? Yeah, well... Every every scientist will tell you whenever wash uh, water splashes, humans are attracted to that because it generates negative ions, which actually heal our body. Mm -hmm. This is what's made so famous about the waterfall name is Niagara. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. I lived next to Niagara Falls for a few years, and mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that, mm-hmm. you know, twenty to thirty thousand people a day would go there to feel the ions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been very lucky to go there once, and I can attest to that. That's my closest thing to Hawaii when I was living in Buffalo. Wow, it's so powerful too but yeah you're right if there's so there's water kicking up everywhere and you get these gorgeous mm-hmm. rainbows but you can feel it too mm-hmm. you can feel that mm-hmm. that real feeling of someone giving you the power of non-exhaustion mm. <laughs> i'm only confident for a very short time i tell you that because if i don't go keep swimming i lose it if you if you don't keep swimming yeah Hmm. bringing my breath to a full challenge. Hmm. That's the thing I prepare myself. You know, you asked me earlier, what do you do when you enter a treatment service? And I said, uh, create space. Mm -hmm. But I want to tell you, the question I wanted to answer is, what do you do to prepare? Because once you prepare, the space opens. And the preparation is a movement activity in your body. Mm -hmm. I either pick swimming or walking. That preparation is why I charge for my services because I've prepared professional. Mm-hmm. And when that's happened, when I brushed my teeth, combed my hair, done my exercise, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. swept the floor, mm-hmm. <laughs> I opened the door. Mm-hmm. My client is confident that I'm prepared mm-hmm. to deal with circumstances beyond their expertise. That's all. Mm-hmm. I have to do that when I want to go get a tire fix. I don't want to do that tire fixing. I'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's the service Aluminomi has to offer people in a real terms. Yeah. You take such care to prepare. Yeah. And you create the space. And then you're able to address whatever comes up. And in Hawaiian culture, that's called hard work. And in American mm-hmm. culture, that's called magic. <laughs> don't we tend to don't we, <laughs> well don't we call anything we don't completely understand magic often there we go that's the target yeah what you don't understand is magic and what hawaiians understand is magic is work mm. oh i that's love the that lower end of what law means to give yourself to the dedication of your intention mm. Mm. that work will be magic can I ask you an off-the-cuff question that I think would be fine? You're reminding me of something that I've thought about for a while, which is we have these we have these ways of of dealing with energy, you know. Yes. And it's very important. And you're you're a incredible energy healer, I would say. Yes. I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes you meet people who that's outside of their that's kind Capacity. of outside. Capacity or belief system, right? Sometimes you meet people oh, good, that... good one. Belief system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of wonder, I wonder what this world would be like if we had a way to, to measure it so it became more of a... There's this... Uh, this maybe this is a weird, like, collision of, of mentalities. Well, let's, ste- let's step back. Let's step let's back. Let's step back. <laughs> Imagine a world that has a power of energy. Let's just stop right there. Sure. And recognize that your imagination of that world is really a memory of a, of a present culture. Say it again. A present culture has that capacity. In the now. To use energy. To bypass the necessity of technology. Mm-hmm. 
Let me give you an example of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick on the Hawaiians because there's no evidential documentation for that proof. But I'm going to go to China with you, and I'm going to go to a particular hospital okay. that uh, three physicians highly trained in both American and Chinese medicine would simply go over to the client and go, and push that energy that's congested out of their body so they can walk out cancer-free. Now, it doesn't happen to everybody, but it only mm-hmm. happens to some. And that's just the way it is. But when energy decides to work on intention, mm-hmm. it can be so powerful that it replaces technology. Right. Because it is a technology. Right. It's a technology of how things work. Mm-hmm. Energy is not something that is important as substantial. Energy is about understanding how nature works. Mm-hmm. We're trying to create an idea of measure that is beyond our capacity right? or outside of your culture, because there are these things on the planet that are creating the truth of energy as an efficient healer. However, I want to talk to you real serious about the prevailing energy that causes this kind of chaos. Please. Oh, You know, there's uh, several Christian uh, leaders that I highly respect. Sure. However, it's the business plan. The business plan is to call attention to the Lord or or the divine Mm -hmm. and collect. And collect, you said? Collect. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that, that is actually a very effective way of bringing human investment into the experience of having healings where the entire stadium is focused on one person. Mm-hmm. And what, what the issue is, is that the priest takes responsibility for that, and it's actually everybody else. We've actually solved a lot of wars as a community because our great conscious energy is working with the conscious of Earth. The mm-hmm. thing and the first rule of energy yeah, is not mm-hmm. to define it and measure it so you can manage it but to give it the authority that Mother Earth gives it. Mm. And once you do that, you have to follow her nature rules. And apparently, those are the ones that last the longest. Mm. We're infantile when it comes to understanding measure. Mm. And I know that's the first question you ask because that's what we're trained. It's not about what you're saying. It's about how our culture is trying to protect us from things we don't understand. And you feel, if I understand you correctly, you feel that that bias to want to measure something tries to put a barrier between us and the truth? It is, but I wouldn't use the word bias. I want to get to you the possibility. Sure. There are two functions of tribe. Hmm. United States is a tribe. And Mm -hmm. its first responsibility as a tribe is to use the tools to keep their tribe in their tribe. And every culture on this planet has used mm. only two tools to keep their tribe, shame mm. and guilt. Mm. The exception, of course, is Pu'uhonua and Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Shame and guilt. It's mm-hmm. true. Yes, it is everywhere. <laughs> and so, in terms of... It's not something to be personal. Yeah. It's just part of the collective programming. As, as dynamic. What is the dynamic of the culture? Hmm. So if I'm understanding correctly, it's just guilt to have a different belief system than everyone else around you, sort of along those lines? No. Shame is guilt is that opportunity. This this is the study we want to look at. Mm-hmm. 
whether you're a shaman or kahuna or some other kind of healer, the general business plan <laughs> in old history was mm -hmm. to either park yourself on a hill and let people come to you. Right. Because where they are, the culture has provided enough shame and guilt for them to be rectified. There must be some kind of way to rectify the recombination of that soul to that tribe. Mm. So they use techniques to release shame and guilt so that they can feel the love of their tribe mm. to drive them back into their purpose. Or leave. But the regulators also has been the spiritual people to give some kind of release to the general tribal commitment to protect its people by keeping them ashamed and guilty. So it's not an outside deal. It's an inside deal. Hmm. And it's okay because it really worked. The hmm. point of the Hawaiian with the law is that it can stop and evolve. Hmm. So when someone puts themselves up on that hill to heal people, hmm. they leave their world and go up to that hill. Does that, does that distance helpful the fact that that hill is separate from the city well let's look at why the hill is there yeah yeah because people only can travel by walking and mm -hmm. you need some space you know it's about that idea of the hermit that goes up with a short candle and when he comes down he has a large candle something to teach some light and when he gets tired he goes back up the hill and I say to look at that because you'll find it in Italy, you'll find it in China, you'll find it in Samoa, Aratanga, you'll find it in Fiji, mm -hmm. you'll find it everywhere where the healers are in a containment so that they can provide you a space of containment. That's the very principle of Puhonoa. Mm -hmm. And Puhonoa provides the containment of peace of mind from the water that is surrounding that Heau church temple and what's at that temple a bunch of rocks <laughs> that's the only thing that lasts ten thousand years mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> well i'm reminded of these these incredible the first thing that comes to my mind is the incredible walls that are still around the island still there in solid connect yeah yeah there's a there's a group of those buildings on Pu'onua where uh our lineage expresses that the mm -hmm. bones of all those people who healed have turned to dust and hold that place together. That's beautiful. I think so too. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love you're coming from such a, a different place in lineage than most people I've had the privilege to talk to so far. Mm -hmm. And I find, and one of the reasons why I went to the majority of your talks, I missed one. But in, in, in 2013, 2014, you did this series every other Sunday. Yes. And I, and I only missed one of those because I loved coming back and hearing, I found your perspective and your, you spoke with such authority about, you, you know who you are more than most people I meet, I feel. Oh, good. <laughs> so, and I find... That's a surprise to me. I... I want to make that really clear because I carry certain uh, several different hats at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to say something very important, I believe, mm -hmm. is people want to express their culture from who they are. And I wasn't taught that. Mm. I was taught that you are 
your culture by doing what you're doing. Let me tell you, tell you what I mean. You know, we have a, a, a group of highly sophisticated American ninjas, and that's called the SEALs of the United States yeah. Army. And when you read the coaching books that comes out of that work, you'll find that they're coached to understand that the culture they're living in is about what they're doing and not who they are. Mm. So the culture has created an incredible safety mechanism for the United States on the culture of repeating what works, teaching men what has worked and what will work. It's a really important thing to see. When, when you look at Puho Noa, you begin to realize that when you start doing the culture of cleaning, mm -hmm. you're inside and out, you're going to have the results that Puho Noa echoes to you. Mm. Be yourself. Everybody else is taken. <laughs> it's and when true. they ask you who you are, he says, I'm not a complete job. I can tell you who I am now, but I'm still living. I'm finding that out. It's still growing and expanding. Of course we are. Mm -hmm. And to say that you know who you are is to really create a consequence with your future person who knows you who, who you are. You don't know who your future person is. No. No, your future person knows who you are. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of this. I, there is, you're probably familiar with the concept of like the higher self. Oh, and, sure. And, and, I, and, I, and I think there's a, there's a Hawaiian analog to that. I can't yeah. remember what it's called. Is it is it the same as the Amakua or is that something else? It is something else. It's very confusing because, again, those uh, diagrams and dynamics belong to each culture that mm -hmm. came out of each valley. Mm -hmm. So let me really uh, – the Huna practice is really um, mis not miscommunication but misunderstanding between different valleys, different locations. Hmm. Like, for example, mm -hmm. Huna means – High self, middle self, and low self, right? Mm -hmm. But on the big island, Huna means future self, present self, and past self. Oh, yeah. It's different. Okay, so these are two different lines. And so mm -hmm. why do they get confusing? Because, frankly, people who want to get information by dialogue and soundbite don't get to the depth of that truth. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to turn the question around. And, and the real question is, what do Hawaiians, yeah? Mm -hmm. What do Hawaiians have to offer in terms of owning the practice of Pu'ohonua and Ho'oponopono? Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to express in the Wise Secrets of Aloha. Mm -hmm. And that is the Na'au. I'm going to say that correctly. N-A, I forget. Na'au. The word is about the gut. Mm-hmm. And when you have a relationship between your head and your gut so that you have the value of what it's saying to you mm -hmm. beyond the value of what you're receiving from your eyes and your ears, you'll begin to state the place of non-exhaustion in your life. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to tell you something kind of shocking and absolutely true. Of all the species on this planet, the human is the only one capable of suicide. All other mammals huh. commit what we understand as martyrdom. They'll, they'll die to save their family, but they will not die their energy. Mm -hmm. the, the human is mm -hmm. given that authority because if the gut is loyal to your body, you get to die. It will not stop you. Mm -hmm. It has to listen. 
it has to listen. And when you get that point, all these other diagrams and dynamics of how different cultures express Ho'oponopono really get to be de-evolved So because your evolved understanding is just between me and my gut. <laughs> Take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody take a breath. Everybody take a breath. I wish we had more time, but I'm so thankful. We always have more time. We'll do this when it's convenient, I promise. Yeah. Well, I I want to touch on a couple things before I let you go, because we have about five minutes before 8 a.m. your time, and I want Mm -hmm. to respect your time, and I want to thank you. Mahalo Nuiloa for sharing time for me again. (laughs) I know I really do appreciate it. Uh Um, I know you have a lot lot going on. I want to touch on something that almost feels like the opposite of what we've been talking about, but I like the ju- I like the contrast. You're talking about c- touching people and communicating, communicating mm-hmm. aloha, touching and mm-hmm. and creating space. Mm-hmm. But one of the major ways we talk to each other these days, perhaps a little too much, is through mm-hmm. electronic devices. Oh, how wonderful. Let me turn that around. <laughs> sure. <laughs> You know, uh, I don't think it's a secret every once in a while I get to talk to dead people. Mm-hmm. So I had a dream about two weeks ago and then again maybe 10 years ago. And I asked them, what's with all these, all these like iPhones? I have three myself. And, and, and I asked them and they said, okay, come with me. We're going to go to the moon. So I sat with them in a circle on the top of the moon and we looked at the earth. Mm-hmm. And we noticed that the time of space we were in, humans were young. Mm-hmm. And instead of cell phones, what they were doing to create light on the planet was sitting in a circle, watching a fire mm-hmm. and talking stories. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Now, they told me to come up to our time, back to 1964, and notice that what we termed beam me up, Scotty, mm-hmm. was an idea that everybody could have this tricorder or connector mm-hmm. that engages you with a computer that's personal that gives you access to communication all over the world. So when they looked at me and told me that, they said, look at the planet now. There was a long time of darkness, but because we have these cell phones, Mm. we're absolutely capable of talking to each other and creating this fire of acknowledgement and aliveness. So when you look at the earth that way, you realize the fires actually broke down, the circle fires, Mm -hmm. and was given to each person. You know, we have almost, eight, ah. you know, six, seven billion people with this little fire thing that's on flames, given to you by the mineral kingdom. You know. <laughs> the spirit, the, the, the mineral kingdom, the crystals who can communicate. It's true. true. Yes, it's true. I'm yeah. telling you true. It's just I can't a, oh, no, I feel it. But it's just a, it's, a, it's such an incredible way to, to look at it. It's this perspective shift that's incredible. It's it's absolutely, that's amazing. It's a it's a pocket fire. Yeah, it's a pocket fire, and what it does oh is it gives your power to your blue, your voice. Right, blue chakra. Yeah, and because the voice is so strong for the human condition, you're getting a lot of turbulence, and everybody's blaming everything else other than their right to speak. Mm. So, perfect segue. Do you use social media every day? And how do you find balance with social? Now, I've seen you on Facebook. How do you find balance with that in your life? I use social media two times a week, three hours. I like that. I like that. I don't have time anymore. 
No. I never did Mm -hmm. more than that. Mm -hmm. It may seem like I'm always on, but then I, you know, I understand the applications to make that real. Mm -hmm. It's marketing. Mm -hmm. That's not me. That's Harry Marketer. I'm here. (laughs) I know how to live with the machine without the machine just as Mm -hmm. important. Well, that, that's something I, another thing that I feel inspired by is you do have that presence, but I can tell that you found a good balance with yourself. And I think twice a week is appropriate, especially for your line of work. Yeah. That's why I have to grow up. If I lived on Kauai, I would be at the beach five days a week, three hours. <laughs> Over here, in Puma, I cannot do that. So I just take one hour a day, three days, four days a week. The rest has been dedicated to the balance, which is to manage the machine. Mm-hmm. provide for my family, mm-hmm. provide my service, and receive a lot of love for it. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful place that you've, that you've yeah. got to and created for yourself. These are gifts of the location, Uncle, not me. This mm-hmm. is a gift from Pune that I come to who I am. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask one final question. Okay. How do you see this changing toward the future? I like to ask the future question at the end. I, mm-hmm. A lot of change is happening mm-hmm. on the big island and on the island. Mm-hmm. Huge and all over the planet. And all it's very true. How do you see, and I would call your business a very conscious business because you're consciously impacting people and mm-hmm. making big change. How would yeah. you see, and, and there's such a, such a strength of entrepreneurship on the big island too. Yeah. Like you said earlier, sort of out of necessity. Yeah. How do you see that changing and going into the future, just the future is local. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> that's all we need to say. <laughs> well, is there anything that you would like to direct people to before we say aloha and goodbye? They can explore. Yeah. Here's another factor of the future that I want to close with. I had an amazing time with you, buddy. Really got to know you. Me too. Yeah. And so we're here in service. You know we're here in service. Oh, we're yes. here because we're the only humans, are the only species on the planet that can convert negative energy into positive energy. I was waiting for you to say that. Yeah. Now's the <laughs> time. That you can actually recognize yourself as one of the carriers of that intention. And mm-hmm. that's not your intention. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what you signed up for when you entered the lineage mm-hmm. of your own family, not Hawaiians. We have our own. You have your own. So how do we do that? And here's the answer. Completely agree. Yeah. Here's the answer. How do we do that? Take a breath with me. Okay. I'm going to teach you Hawaiian chant. Oh, everybody's (laughs) going to learn. Okay. Everybody's going to learn this chant. And this chant, of course, I've converted to English because Hawaiian's too hard to pronounce. But basically, this is what it means. In Hawaiian, people understand it as the word holo holo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's what it is in English. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. You don't know. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that from your talk. <laughs> it works. <laughs> and I love it. Going on a holo holo. Going on it's, a holo holo. Isn't that a journey without a destination? Thank you. Mm. That's a good thing to, to end with. We're not in a destination. We're in orbit for evolving. Mm-hmm. We don't know who we're going to be. If that was true, we wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. I, I just had this vision, Harry, of this image flashed into my mind. 
and and maybe you said this once. So the Earth's going around the sun, right? And yeah. the sun's going around the center of the galaxy. Yeah. So from a certain perspective, the Earth is not going around. It's spiraling. I know that all the sizes will catch up to that, but that's a secret Hawaii's held for many, 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 many years. It's in the book, Old Religions of Hawaii from Harry K. Bray. Hmm. The last section of that book, you'll read about the 60th page who explained that. I don't have time to do it now, but it is oh, in that okay. book. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. And what was the name of that book? Uh, Old Religions of Hawaii by Daddy K. Bray. Daddy K. Bray. Ah, yes. Well, I think it's Papa Bray. I'm sorry. That's his son. Papa Bray. P-A-P-A. He's a great kahuna. We are so appreciate that his granddaughter is my wife. And we honor that lineage. That's right. And you mentioned him in the book as well. Yeah. If people are interested in that, they should definitely check out Wise Secrets of Aloha. It's on Amazon and all over the place. It's it's the kind of book that you just want to read out loud. It's such a powerful book. And wow. I want to thank you so much, Harry, for sharing time with me today and sharing space. Yeah, and I want to thank you because I had a really good time. This is the way to start the day. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been so much fun laughing with you and sharing so much yeah. with you. I am. There's a lot to be fun for. It is, and I'm sure it's a gorgeous day starting there right now. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, I will say aloha and. Thank you once again. Mahalo Nui. Wow. What an unforgettable interview with Harry Jim. I want to say a big mahalo once again to Harry for sharing so much with us. He has honestly been an inspiration to me for years now, and it was an honor to hold space with him. Now, before I go, I'll remind you that if you enjoyed this interview, there are more. iTunes is probably the easiest way to find them and get new ones when they come out. Just search for... The Aravinda Show, that's A-R-A-V-I-N-D-A Show, Aravinda Show. And if you use Instagram, I'm Hello Crusoe on there. That's the word hello, C-R-U-S-O-E. And I post samples of new interviews when they come out. So that's another way to make sure you don't miss an interview. Also, be sure to check out Harry Jim at harryjimlomilomi.com. That's harryjimlomilomi.com to learn more about his incredible healing practice as well as his book, Wise Secrets of Aloha, available pretty much everywhere, Amazon, iBooks, Kobo, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you'd want to look. Of course, all this will be in the show notes for this episode over at myth.li. When you go there, just click on Arvinda Show to find the show notes and all the great interviews, as well as free samples of my books, including my upcoming book, 10,000 Hours in Paradise, a true story about my life-changing adventures on Hawaii. Spoilers, Harry's in it. <laughs> Once again, I'm Hello Crusoe. <laughs> I always do that. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm. <laughs> you know who I am. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Aloha. Aloha.